morning. Yes, I was wondering if anybody would get that. I honestly kind of wondered if the rapture wouldn't happen before tonight. Because <laughs> it really felt like the end times leading up to this. <laughs> Go ahead and turn with me and your Bibles to the book of Ephesians. Uh, Go ahead and turn to Ephesians chapter 1. And um, we'll be moving around a little bit more, so don't get comfortable there. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1, brief overview of Ephesians to this point. Um, Chapters 1, 2, and 3 are basically a description of the Lord's love, mercy, the work of salvation, redemption, and the wonderful gift that Christ has given to us in that. And real quick, we'll read a short passage from chapter 1 just to kind of see what this is talking about. Let's go and look at chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. We'll read through 10. Don't worry, Uh, scripture won't return void. We'll be reading some. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption, through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Verse 8, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are in earth, even in him. Let's go ahead and hop over to chapter 2. We'll go and read another large passage, uh, 1 through 7, chapter 2. And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past. Conversation is walk, um, basically how you live your life. In times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are ye saved. And hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace, in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. And let's go and quote verses 8 through 10. We all know it. Verses 8 through 10. Let's quote it together. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, 
created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. I said this overview was going to be brief, but it's been a little bit longer. Basically, 1, 2, and 3, in simple term, is Paul is describing to us this and saying, this is what you were, this is what you have been given, and this is what you now are in Christ and what you should be in Christ Jesus. Moving on, chapters 4, 5, and 6, simply stated, 4, 5, and 6 is like a compact life guide based on the privileges that we see given to us in chapters 1 through 3. All right, now we're going to actually move to our text passage. Chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5, and we'll begin reading verses 14 through 16. Wherefore he sayest, saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, that's a long word, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Let's pray. Dear Father, uh, I thank you for this time that we can get together and open your word and learn. Uh, I just pray that uh, you would set this dented mouthpiece aside, this broken vessel, Lord, and that you would be the one speaking. And Lord, I pray that uh, people would listen with open hearts, and Lord, that you would use your word to touch people and to encourage and to challenge us all. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. My speech teacher told me that the best way to start a speech, I know this isn't really completely a speech, but the best way to start a speech is is with what we call an attention getter. That can be a story, an anecdote. But she promised me that the best one to start with is a statistic. So I got a little list of statistics, and um, I hope you, well, maybe not enjoy them, but a little list of statistics that are attention-getting in and of themselves. Here's the first one. 100% of people born in the 1700s are dead today. (laughs) If you are here and you were born in the 1700s, please let me know, and I'd be glad to make the necessary changes to this statistic. But the next one is even more shocking. 100% of people born in the 1600s are also dead today. Now, the previous two statistics hold true for the past several centuries, all before that. Before the 1600s and the 1700s, they all hold true. Everyone's dead. And you might say that's a little bit dark, but the truth is stranger than fiction, folks. (laughs) Now, based on the previous statistics, it is estimated, another 100% statistic, that 100% of people living or born today are dying and will be dead in in 130 years or less. Kind of sad, isn't it? Not really. Well, a guy named Hector Berlioz, or however you pronounce his last name, said it this way, time is a great teacher, but unfortunately, it kills all its pupils. And here's the last statistic. 100% of people alive today do not know the exact time they will die. That includes, for your information, that includes the person who plans on committing suicide tonight or the person who is told by their doctor that they only have three months to live. 
Continuing on, on every gravestone, you will notice in every graveyard, you will notice two dates, a birth date and a death date. In between these two important dates is what's called a dash, and this seemingly insignificant punctuation mark actually signifies something much more important than either of these two dates. It signifies time. And in case you're wondering, we're going to, this is kind of a side note, um, but the earth also has a dash. It has a birth date. It does not as of yet have a death date, but it also has a dash. And we've got a visual aid real quick. We can uh, open it up. I think we're still connected. There we go. Um, the technical term for this dash is a timeline. Right here, you'll see eternity past. Right here, you'll see the start of time, approximately 4,000 B.C. We don't exactly know what the Earth's exact birth date is. Um, and then time ends um, approximately sometime A.D. Uh, we also don't know the exact end date of time either. Uh, a few people have thought they did. And uh, they moved to China and named themselves Wang Day. <laughs> now... If we zoom in right here, if we zoom in right here, you see a little dash. You are here-ish. Today is August the 23rd, 2023. Rough date. That was just a visual aid. That's, that's Earth dash right there. Okay, maybe a big side note. I think time simply is, I think, one of the most ironic things God really created. And it's interesting, a businessman by the name of Harvey McKay, some of you might recognize the name, don't believe he's saved, said it this way, time is free, but it's priceless. You can't own it, but you can use it. You can't keep it, but you can spend it. Once you've lost it, you can never get it back. Another man named Robert Brault said it this way, for centuries, man believed that the sun revolves around the earth. Centuries later, he still thinks that time moves clockwise. And if you didn't get that, it'll come around. <laughs> now this one I found also ironic. Um, a man who dares to waste one hour of time has not discovered the value of life. Funny enough, that was, um, Charles Darwin said that in his autobiography and also letters. And finally, Dawson Trotman, I don't know who that is, but he said, he said this, the greatest amount of wasted time is the time not getting started. Uh, we better get started. Now, it's all good and well to read about things, that, about, to read quotes that men have made about time which God created, but I think it's important that we see what God himself has said about what he created. We read that and we see that in Proverbs 27.1. You don't have to turn there. I have it here. It says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. And let's go ahead and turn. We will turn to this one. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Go and turn there, if you will. We'll read a bit of a passage. I uh, cheated and had it marked. Wait for the pages to stop turning. Uh, 
The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 1, um, before we read this, this passage talks about the withering flower of life. Whether you like it or not, you aren't going to be alive forever. Well, in this body. And uh, this passage just highlights that. Read verse 1. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them, while the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened, nor the clouds turn after the rain. In the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble, and the strong men shall bow themselves, and the grinders cease because they are few, and those that look out of the windows be darkened. Verse 4, and the door shall be shut in the streets when the sound of the grinding is low, and he shall rise up at the voice of the bird, and all the daughters of music shall be brought low. Also, when they shall be afraid of that which is high, and fear shall be in the way, and the almond tree shall flourish, and the grasshopper shall be a burden, and desire shall fail, because man goeth to his long home. And the mourners go about the streets. Or ever the silver cord be loosed, or the golden bowl be broken, or the pitcher be broken at the, at the fountain, or the wheel be broken at the cistern, then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return unto the God who gave it. Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, all is vanities. Jump down to verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of this whole matter. Aren't you glad we didn't read the whole matter? Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Now, I know we tried to mix some humor with some dark subjects, but I want you to understand that this is no light matter. Let's turn back to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5, we'll finally actually get to our text, I think. Ephesians chapter 5, I forgot to mark it. Chapter 5 and verse number 16. I'll read our text verse. The Bible says, redeeming... The verse is this. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now, it's a little bit of an excerpt, but we need to break down the statement to understand the verses around it. Break that down. We're just going to look at the phrase, redeeming the time. Redeeming, um, believe me, I'm no Greek or Hebrew scholar. You probably didn't guess that. But uh, I know a little Spanish, but no comprendo mucho. Redeeming is an action um, it's the action of to redeem, the verb to redeem, is actually a legal and financial term meaning to buy up or to buy back. Um, to illustrate this, um, I have two uncles who are missionaries, um, one in the Caribbean and one in the Solomon Islands. Now, both of them, um, I believe my Uncle Matt needs to buy water in advance, um, and my Uncle Michael has to buy his energy and maybe even his water in advance. But he has to, they have to buy their energy and water in advance before they use it. Now, you can see how this can affect how they use their water and energy. I'm sure it would affect how you use it as well. And the old saying goes this way. 
we'd use our time more wisely if we had to buy it in advance. And William Penn said it this way, time is what we want most, but what we all use worst. Next, we look at the word time. Redeeming the time. Time, this one kind of shocked me. Time in this, in this passage doesn't refer to the linear time that we think of or that we saw on the timeline on the wall or the analog clock that's on that back wall. It actually refers to the opportunities given to us in time. It doesn't actually refer to linear, linear time but the opportunities provided to us in time, the opportunities that God has given us to use our time wisely or, or if we want to use it foolishly. So I want to ask you this. How will you use these opportunities based on all that God has given to us in Christ Jesus? And as we've already quoted um, the passage earlier, for by grace are ye saved through faith and not, not of yourselves. It is a gift of God not of works, lest any man should boast. God gave us a gift, not only of salvation, but also the gift of time. Amen. I think that's worth considering and thinking about using it wisely. So, now we're finally getting to the outline. I'd like to highlight just three, um, three ways that we can buy back the opportunities in time to use them, to glorify God and Christ, and just like our... Um, just like the church's theme verse says, that in all things he might have the preeminence. And also to use the opportunities that God has given us in time to the good of others. And as the passage later on says, that he might present to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. And also that we use our opportunities in time to grow personally. For this as the Bible says, is the will of God, even your sanctification. First, we look in chapter 5. We're going to jump back to verse 8. Chapter 5, verse 8, and we'll read it. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable Unto the Lord. First off, we see that if we are to redeem, to buy back the opportunities in time that God has given us, first we see don't have fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Look at verse 11. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, our point, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore, he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Don't waste all the new time that God has given you in, this wonderful salva in his wonderful salvation by backtracking. Backtracking wastes time. And... Before the service, um, I was praying about a story to illustrate this. You know, illustrations are always great. But uh, the Lord didn't give it to me for a while. And then my dad and I were praying um, before the service. And in his prayer, my dad, the Lord used my dad to mention about how Christ Jesus himself redeemed his own time. 
multiple times in the um, four Gospels, the Bible says that Jesus said, my time is not yet come. My time is not yet come. My time is not yet come. But finally, after three years of ministry and 30 years preparing for ministry, Christ Jesus finally, the Bible says, set his face like a flint toward Jerusalem and the cross. And then, after that, on the cross, paying the final sacrifice for all of us, in time, he finally said, it is finished. What a, greater, what a better illustration of using your time wisely. Let's look now in ch uh, chapter 5, verse 15. Verse 15, we'll get a little closer to our text passage. Verse 15, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Secondly, we not only, um, we not only should buy back the opportunities and time that God has given us by not having fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but also by walking circumspectly. And that's a long word, and it's really hard to say. I've tried saying it multiple times fast before, but it, it's really hard. But broken down and simply translated, it means be careful, carefully. The word carries it with it the idea of stepping diligently and accurately. To illustrate this, on June 24th in 2013, a man by the name of Nick Walenda tightroped a two-inch cable 1,500 feet off the ground, spanning 1,400 feet across the Little Grand Canyon. With wind gusts up to 30 miles per hour, he crossed in just under 23 minutes, get this, with no safety harness. You know, we are crossing a tightrope a tight of life, and the wind gusts of the devil are coming in pretty hard, but thank the Lord we can use our balance pole to keep us on track. Let's look now at verse 18. The Bible says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. This is an entire message in and of itself. We'll just touch on it briefly um, so I don't waste your time. Verse 18. You know, so thirdly, we see we are to buy back the opportunities in time. Not only don't have fellowship with darkness, and not only to walk circumspectly, but thirdly and finally, I should have told you the outline was really short. Thirdly and finally, live in the control of the Holy Spirit. Um, I believe this passage, this particular verse, can be interpreted both literally and metaphorically. Yes. We should not um, allow ourselves to be controlled by alcohol, but I don't think alcohol is the only thing you can be drunk with. Metaphorically speaking, you can also be drunk with yourself. You can be drunk with the world, the American dream. You can be drunk with any number of things, and the list goes on. So I encourage you, let us get a DUI let us not DUI of anything else but God's Holy Spirit. And DUI, Mr. Luchak knows this, is driving under the influence, and I'm pretty sure all of you know what that is. Let's not drive under the influence of anything else but God's Holy Spirit. I leave you with these three things. Not only, um, 
quick overview. If we are to buy back the opportunities in time, don't have fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, walk circumspectly, and live in the control of the Holy Spirit. Three questions. What do you spend your time doing? Where do you spend your time at? And, most importantly, who do you spend your time with? Jonathan Edwards said this, and in an excerpt from his sermon, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, but he roughly said this, you can lose fortunes and gain them back. You can lose relationships and win them back. You can lose possessions and get them back, but you can never get back a wasted moment of time. The Bible says, what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a small time and then vanishes away. Your life is just a little poof on the whole vast eons of eternity. Let's use it wisely. But those of you who are saved, we do have the promise, though, that one day, time will be no more. For all of us, time will be no more, and I'm really thankful that one day we're going to be in heaven, and time is not going to be any bit of an issue. It won't, I don't think it'll hardly be on our memories, even. That reminds me of a song. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more And the morning breaks eternal bright and fair Sing it with me And the saved of earth shall gather over on the other shore And the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there When the roll is called up yonder When the roll is called up yonder when the roll is called up yonder, when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. Amen. Will you be there? I want to leave you with this in conclusion. How will you buy back the opportunities in time that God has given you? How can I do less than give my best after all he's done for me? Let's pray. Dear Father, I thank you for this time that you've given us to open your word, to break it open, to dissect it. And Lord, I just pray that as we continue through the week that we wouldn't soon forget. And Lord, that we would constantly be going back to the wellspring of your word and reading more. And that we would um, never lose our thirst and our hunger for it. And I pray for this evening that you would be with us. And we thank you, Lord, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.